Welcome to episode 112, the Inside Jogging Podcast. Slightly quieter week on the, the racing front, but it's still the action from the Liverpool cross-country trials to catch up on a few 10Ks. And we'll look forward to the big marathon weekend of racing with action in Valencia and Fukuoka. But before all of that, in a week where Carl Lewis handed out the medals at the European cross-country trials in Sefton Park, let me welcome to the show a man who spent his week leading into London this year on a similar array of medication to Lewis before his 100 metre gold <laughs> at the 88 Seoul Olympics. How's those legs post the half marathon, Josh? Yeah, legs are, legs are all right. I've got a bit of an injury, actually. I just mentioned to you. Well, wow, I didn't tell you what it was, but basically, I, um, yeah, it came on after Sunday. Uh, I noticed on the way back. And it's not too severe, but um, it has been hampering me today. Basically, carrying my suitcase, my forearms really sore. And I, you know, when um, you know, if you like use a mouse, you click your mouse all down here. I'm, I'm showing them on a the camera. All is down this, there, really hurts. That actually, what it is. Yeah. And that stopped you running. Oh no, no, uh, that's not stopped me running, but that is my injury. Okay. Fair enough. I have had two days off, though. Yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, let's welcome my co-host to the show this evening, a man who could do with a steroid or two to help his poor little hamstring. And when many talk about the dirtiest race of all time, we actually know it was, in fact, the 2017 Chandamala Lincoln, not the sole 8,800 metres. What's the update on that hamstring, Shane? Yeah, it's. Uh, I've got a... I've strained it, so... The marathon is off officially. Yeah, the attrition rate for Malaga is also high. We just before this show um did a smaller bit of prep for once, looked at the start list for Valencia, and as we read out the names, one of us would say, He's gone, she's not running, he's gone. It's probably what, half the people who enter actually make it to the start line. So you fall and foul of that. That statistic, Shane. Yeah. Um, well, at least I can count myself with the majority then for once. So you're going to be the official drink man. Yeah, I'm going to be drink man. So I'll hand out drinks uh, for the marathon. And I will also hand out drinks uh, after the marathon that will have alcohol in. Yeah. I mean, the people, I, I wouldn't really rely on Shane to ask him to give you drinks because what he puts in them could be painful. <laughs> so um yeah don't all flood into Shane's inbox with requests for him to give you drinks because um me and Tom need that. Anyway, let's for every, uh, for every request I have I will add in a shot of alcohol spirit for uh, for random bottles and we'll see who gets what. Yeah good good. We'll we'll talk a bit about Malaga in a sec, but let's um let's go into our training weeks. Joshua, you raced in Paris, so why don't you talk us through Monday, Sunday, leading into that? Yes, let's. 
Um, so to start on Monday, I actually uh, I'm going to start with something which wasn't a run. I had a massage, um, and but weirdly, this is this is actually why I've had two days off. But I had a bit of DOMS in my my right quad specifically since this massage. I don't really know why. Um, so yeah, I had that lunch. Uh, did a bike. I uh, did a um, an extended commute. I would say I had a twenty minute bike, so I just did that to the to the physio uh, massage. And then I ran with Sam in the evening. Um, had needles again in my car. So a question because you never applied to me on Strava. So did I did. Buy- I did go home. Had- basically, I biked as well, but I just couldn't be bothered to put it on Strava. So I did an ex, I did an extended commute, um, and then I was I just pooted home, so I couldn't be bothered to put it on a Strava. Okay, I'm glad you got home. Come carry on. Yeah, good comment. Um, yeah, so ran ran with Sam in the evening, eight miles, six forty threes, and I had um needling again in my my calf, which I still think, um, helps quite a lot. So I'm going to continue doing that. Then Tuesday, uh, I did four mile sort of shake out at lunchtime. There's six twenty sevens, and then I did uh four. So I had four by mile. So I just went on the track and just did four laps of sixteen hundred meters, um, and it's meant to be about around about half marathon pace. Um, so I thought well, <clears throat> I'll try and run sort of four fifty five uh equivalent for the mile. Um, so every single one actually was four fifty two, um, and that was a ninety second jog. So I felt okay, but I felt my it's almost a little bit of like fatigue in my quads um specifically my right one and like i say it kind of came on after that massage um so yeah a bit bit of an odd one um and then yeah warmed down afterwards i just ran home then ran with dan hamilton on wednesday morning um so did eight miles with him 637s and then thursday um a lighter session so it's kind of a, a standard pre-race session for me so just four by three minutes and i just did it on uh like an industrial estate not far from my house so it's kind of a horseshoe so each way when you start is downhill and then coming back up is slightly uphill and none of them were particularly quick i don't think i broke five minute miling on any of them which is like this is not a good sign um or maybe 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 one or two uh no no actually none of them I went five minutes, 502, 501, 501. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't so bothered because it was a little bit windy. I thought, actually, when I ran my half PB, um, I did not very minimal faster than five minute miling. So I didn't think it mattered so much. Uh, and then Friday, so then I travelled to London, um, stayed overnight, and then travelled to Paris in the morning. Um, so... I, I travelled with um, Johnny Collier, uh, I don't know if you guys know him. So we ran on Friday, did five miles, um, average 6.34s. Kind of a bit of carnage, to be honest, where we are to get to the park. So that was a little bit ropey. Basically, French people just don't stop. And what I, what I was trying to understand, I still don't really think I answered over the weekend. A zebra crossing in, in uh, France... Does that mean you can go or not? Because sometimes I would say, yeah, cars would stop. Sometimes it's just imminent death. And there was no real sort of guidance or clear ruling. Um, so 
I after that point, I kind of uh, just decided it's best to just play it by ear. Uh, not play by ear, but uh, play it safe. Um, so yeah, it was a bit dodgy, but we made it. Then uh, on Saturday, so we went out, Ross, uh, Johnny, Ross uh, Braden, that is, and then my roommate, Gabrielle. Um, so we went and did just a sort of pre-race jog and dropped Ross and Johnny almost immediately. Then, uh, so I just ran with Gabrielle. Um, we ran around the park where the, the course goes. And actually, they changed the course. I'll come on to this uh, when I go into the race. But uh, yeah, I what I showed them all, oh, this is the course. This is where it goes. And every single road was different. So that was good. Um, so yeah, we did... Uh, this is called my strides. So we did five, five and a half miles, six thirty-fives. Um, probably a little bit slower with some with the strides in there. Then warmed up, uh, so did three miles. Then in the race, so the race itself, I, I sort of t- come to the result. I'll do the results first. So, actually, uh, the race. Can I hear more about Gabrielle? Who's Gabrielle? Gabrielle. He has got a tremendous moustache. And he's, I thought, ah, oh, that's good for November. But he's got it all year round. His surname is Briand or Briand. Where's he from? France. Okay. What's he run? Uh, well, he came second in the race. Okay. So good. What's he like as a roommate? Oh, he was brilliant. Every morning we woke up together. Well, the two. Thank you. <laughs> nice. So the first morning, neither of us woke up until about half past nine which was good. And then the morning of the race, I woke up, I was like, oh, and he was like, I can't be bothered to race. <laughs> I was like, legend. No, yeah. he was quite, he, he was good. Was it? Was his English good? Good enough. Yeah, good enough. What yeah. was your French like? Uh, Parlez no Francais. That's, that's what I learned. Talking about your kissing. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll come to my result and then I'll tell you what Gabrielle ran because he well, ran. Going to the race. Um, so I came twelfth and I ran sixty six twenty eight. Um, and in summary, I would say generally I, I'm reasonably consistent racing, reasonably consistent. Uh, I don't often have bad runs, but on reflecting on that, I would put that in that category. Um, from the start, I kind of had this. Well, it warming up actually. I had this kind of fatigue in my right quad still, um, like which has been lingering all week. And it may, might be that my last few weeks have been a bit heavier. That's why I've I've had two days uh, two days easier. Um, it might just be something from the massage just kind of set it off, but I don't really know. Um, probably also not helped. I we kind of just as we went off, I just went with the group. I thought I'm just going to race it. And the second mile was quite quick. I didn't actually realize at the time. Um, so we went 4.56, then 4.46. Then I realised at 3K, I was like, this is just too fast for me. So I let them go uh, as we went through 3K. And then I ran on my own for a little bit. And then there was a couple guys which passed me and I, I just sat on them. Um, and we ran together for a fair way, actually. And then until about, uh, I'm just looking now. Oh, not, not as far as I thought. Probably about six miles. And then after yeah after six miles i was pretty much on my own um the course was a lot twistier than last year and the reason apparently was because of some road work so 
in the park where it's a little bit hilly there was a few sort of quite sharp turns i mean it didn't help but yeah i thought i would run faster than 66 27 so for me i was quite disappointed with that um but yeah we move yeah it was a bit slower obviously than you thought but do you do you think going out a little bit quicker hurt you it didn't feel like it hurt me but i didn't also know at the time i ran 446 for the first, second mile so uh i would say it felt too quick and that's why i went slower if i'd done a few more miles at that pace i would say yes definitely but really it's only one mile that i would say was really that much quicker because 456 shouldn't feel unsustainable uh, i wouldn't have thought but do you think your do you think your um elevation on strava is reasonably accurate uh looking at your, your yes sixth and, your sixth and seventh mile that must have been pretty tough as well actually mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, so the sixth and seventh mile that's where it is hilly in the park okay. yeah and i i got dropped there as well which didn't make yeah. it better but, um and the, the thing with the sixth and seventh mile is they were the twisty ones as well so they were actually the, the ninth one was the slowest but um yeah i mean there were some miles in the middle there which i i knew i wasn't running great um so yeah it was kind of like a bit of a not a mental battle necessarily but the only thing that was not not just keeping me going but david nielsen was running and he was having a worse time than me so that did help (laughs) yeah i i suppose when i when i looked at these splits like i thought on a good day you might run 65 30 based Mm. on you know you ran like 5003s for the 10 or 502s for the 10 miler a few yeah. weeks ago. So, five minute mile in for an extra three miles would be a good result. But, you know, based off these splits through six miles, you're what, four, 18, 17, 20, 22, I, 20 seconds up. Yeah, I was like 456s. I, I remember yeah. that thing. So you're 20 seconds up, so you're on sort of 65 flat, sub-65 pace, almost up into halfway in the race. Yeah, and and to be honest, that's what I thought I could run. What, 65 flat? Yeah, I thought if I had a good run, 65 flat, if I had a, a decent run, 65-30, but I was sort, I thought in that range. Okay. That's based on based on what I ran last year, or how I ran last year, Um yeah, that's what I thought. Why would you base what are you basing on last year? Why would you not base it on what you've been doing? Oh well, because I'm kind of looking at back at last year when I started running, and I've done a little bit more than what I did last year. The Have only you? the only difference is I started a little bit earlier this year. The only difference is um, this year I've done a little bit more sort of base stuff. Whereas last year I did a bit more 10k stuff. Yeah. Um and that that's really the difference. Um and that's probably why as well the start felt a little bit quicker. Mm. Because yeah. I don't know if you remember last year, I went through 10k in 3020. Yeah. And I, this I, year I, was probably like 30, 50, 30, 55. In my head, you'd done more last year, but obviously not. It's just it's it's weird, isn't it, running? You can do almost the same thing year yeah. on year and 
have completely different days it's odd isn't it yeah exactly but i mean the overall the overall sort of the sensation of the run was yeah. my quads felt pretty fatigued from the start and that definitely definitely felt like it hampered me so two days off this week then you're back yeah on. i'm back on it tomorrow yeah, was basically, that... I, I mean, I said to Rob on, on Monday or Tuesday, my legs feel, my, my quads feel quite tired. Um, so after Sunday, I said I was a little bit disappointed because I thought I'd run faster. Um, my my quads just felt felt tired again. And he just said, well, you've basically been moaning about them all week, so have a couple of days off um, and just sort of reset. Yeah, that's what um, they keep saying in the Wrexham documentary. Anyway, let's go over to you, Shane, um, for your fairly brief week. You mentioned the marathon's off. So when did you make that decision? Uh, I made that decision, I think it was proper, properly on Wednesday. Um, so obviously I said I was going to see how this week went. I was kind of comparing this week to when my hum- when I hurt my hamstring the very first time. So I was kind of um, comparing the same uh, timeline. Of, of rest and running so I ran on Monday um, did just over half an hour um, I, I could feel it the whole time but it wasn't really terrible so I was like okay might not be too bad um, so I ran again on the Tuesday and it felt pretty much the same if not marginally worse um, so and then that, that night I started thinking well I'm doing it you know, even if I'm okay to run when it gets to the marathon, I'm I'm doing half an hour runs and it's not really getting any better. And I've obviously also come off the back of four weeks low anyway. So I was like, well, probably time to call it anyway. Um, and then on Wednesday, I uh, had an appointment with the osteopath anyway. And I thought, um, he, he did some work out of luck and he kind of concurred with what I thought and what uh Yasmin, the sports rehabilitator, thought as well, basically a mild strain. So I probably could run on it if I wanted to, like easy running, just not do any fast stuff um and load all the gym stuff. But to be honest, as we were discussing Aaron, I am just tired all the time at the minute. So I think it's just un- underlying, as I've said many times, I'm not recovering. So I thought, you know what, I'll have at least two weeks off. I'll see how I feel in two weeks' time. Um, but I'll have two to six weeks off, basically, rest, um, see what my body does. I'm not, at this stage, ruling out starting the marathon. It's probably very unlikely, but if, like, actually I was going to run, as in I was, I was back running when the marathon starts, and I'd take my trainers to to Spain just to do some runs, and I thought, oh, well, I'll, yeah, I'll do a, a, a tempo run as, as one of my first ones back, and maybe I would do, like, so many miles of it just just for the crack, but I'm edging away from that. It probably doesn't sound very sensible at this stage. Uh, but yeah, the marathon's off, so I'm going to go there in a, a a coaching and a domestique and a nuisance role instead. Good. Um, Shane was mentioning this tiredness. Um, so <laughs> he sent me a couple of these the HRV, heart rate variability graphs on, on Garmin. So there was Shane moaning about how he thought his was bad. And obviously for his 
level or his baseline it was below so he's into the red and orange but you were dipping down to what 55 at the average yeah it's a bit lower now but yeah so i went to look at mine and i don't think i've hit 50 for a good few weeks then chain obviously asked a few of his other clients who who shared similar results. So Shane's was actually the best out of everybody's in terms of this heart rate variability. Now, so, so yeah, I'm soft. I I'm not. I have no idea how this has worked out. What it's based on? Well, it's not. Um, the the actual number is kind of irrelevant. It has. It's like everybody has their own specific mm. what people operate and work with. I the older you get the lower it is apparently yeah possibly it does see like that's what it seems yeah but not like i, I don't know it's not the, the, there's not like a standard number that you're looking for really nope. um it's ms is that milliseconds yeah milliseconds yeah so heart rate variability is the time between each heartbeat and it's but if it's really high like it's not meant to be good either i think it need, i don't know I, I don't really know how it works it's been a range but but yeah my sleep scores are great so i have no idea why my mine has been low yeah i think the other thing as well is i try to remember is it's it's wearables like yeah. so how accurate are they like that's what i think i, I, I remember having some terrible night sleep one time and my heart variability was fine i've had yeah. in the past good sleep and it hasn't been so you don't know if it's always completely accurate i think the thing i take is i felt tired for four to five weeks i've been and and my watch is if it is accurate it's showing the same thing anyway as, as to what i'm feeling so anyway point is I, I think i need a rest so i'm on a rest yeah and just on you saying wearables so my last two days of hrv have been good back in the green and I've got a relapse of my cold so I've had two of my worst I felt the worst so I think it's meaningless anyway I'm sure I'm sure others will disagree but but yeah I'll go into my week quickly um but just before you do that I forgot I was gonna say how Gabriel got on oh, yeah. he came second in 63 40 which is pretty handy yeah it was big baby about two minutes solid well done, Gabrielle. And yeah. another, another quick athlete to add to your address book, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well connected. Do you take any of his clothes? <laughs> no. He was, he was wearing poker, so he can keep them. Okay. Right. Took, took one of his dirty socks. <laughs> let me let me go into my week before we digress too much. Right. Um, I'd come off a Sunday where I didn't do much running so I was sore from the Saturday treadmill run. So Monday, I did a slightly longer run, did now 45, 15 and a quarter miles at 6.50s. Went out and back, so nice and boring, but I didn't realise I could go out as far as I did. I crossed a, a main road and realised I could keep going on some country roads, so... Gives me another option for a long run in the future. Um, that was pretty uneventful, just on my own. Just felt pretty, pretty fine, really. I I felt a bit sluggish in the first few miles, but once I got into it, all good. 
Tuesday I was in the office and um, I've had to pick up Eliza and then my opportunity to run was about eight o'clock at night and it was cold and raining outside and I was like I can't even bother to go in the garage so Wednesday I did my session I did it on the on the treadmill and I decided to do four by four k off two k so in all 20 miles uh nearly two hours of running on the treadmill those 4k blocks I ran first one at 320s second at 319 third at 318 fourth at 318 off 340s so in my head I'm like I'm always thinking this treadmill might be four or five seconds soft so if I go down to 318s it's kind of 322 marathon pace which is or 322 pace which is what I think I'll probably go out at and these 4k blocks felt okay um I didn't tighten up like on Saturday so I managed to get 3.2k cool down this time no problems so all in all positive 20 miles Wednesday Thursday I went out at lunchtime and did just over 10 mile hour 13 it was pretty windy on thursday and the run i did meant the last four miles i think i don't know what it says on strava were uphill mm. it says the last four it says one of them's downhill but there is a hill in it are uphill and we're all into about a 25 mile per hour headwind so i don't know what what do you reckon strava's given it 19.3 so it's done me a little bit but yeah all of that was into into the wind and it was head down stuff and it did not make that last four miles enjoyable because i had tired legs obviously from the day before um so when, so when somebody asked me how it was it was bang average that one Friday, I wanted an easier day, so I joined Hannah at Rutland Water. Again, mega windy Friday. Um, we just did an out and back along. When you go along the dam at Rutland Water, it was horrific. So it's good to have some company because you could switch off a bit from it. Hannah's coming out to Malaga. She's also volunteered to be, or her husband, to be chief social um, they've got better organisation skills than you, Shane. So I think well, you should refer to them. Yeah, well, I, I did. Um, she messaged me on Instagram and said she'll be uh, she'll be social sec assistant uh, about three or four days ago. I replied this afternoon saying <laughs> maybe she should take the lead because I'll start my research at the airport. And she's already sent me a link to some bars. So she's on there it. You go. She is on it. She's also done some coffee research as well for anybody who wants some coffee knowledge for the race um saturday so i had to go out saturday morning is my mum my mum came up on friday night it's her 60th birthday weekend so i had the whole family well i had some staying here on saturday night which i'll come to so i had to get out fairly early for this this marathon session this last marathon session we did nearly three mile warm-up um just under seven seven minute miles apparently oh i know what we did we did 
2k quite slow jog 1k out back to the cars then changed into alpha flies and did the next bit of the warm-up a bit quicker so session was 8k 6k 3k off 2k and when i looked at this on the day before it looked like the wind would be into us on the section that's actually a little bit sheltered. Um, Josh, you've done the, the 6K loop in, in Langtoft or part of it. Yeah, I saw this on Strava. It's, a, a, it's a hilly, um, not hilly, a windy one. Yeah, so the section where you're going out past the quarry through when you go through Langtoft village or past the church section, that's a little bit sheltered because there's some tallish trees on the left. So the wind was meant to be coming from there. But it didn't really seem to happen that way. So um, it was kind of like a, a bit of a fart look. So the first, first rep, 8K, I took the first 4K, settled us into 322s. Let's um, see if I've got the, the splits because it was... Mm, did it give me the splits? Oh, it does. So, yeah, I went 318, 322, then into the wind, 26, 22. Ben takes over. And look, Ben's marathon pace that he's going to go out is 325. I told him, don't look at your watch. Let's go to feel. Ben takes over, 316, 320, 316, 319. I was okay. I th I thought this was it, like it was quite good for me because I felt controlled. I said to him in the two k flow, "As I, how did that feel?" And he said, "Oh, my legs felt feel horrific." I was like, "Why did you run? You basically ran half marathon effort, so no wonder they feel horrific. Whenever do they feel good running half marathon pace?" So I think he hit it a bit hard. Also, what didn't help is. In the first 2K, we ran past a, a guy who was walking his dogs. The dogs sort of came running towards us. He'd already said they're absolutely fine. I'd sort of braced myself to just slow down a bit, just in case they jumped up, but they didn't, and then carried on. Ben, I think, was angry about his legs. So he started shouting and swearing at this dog walk who was absolutely fine. It was just walking his dogs down a country road <laughs> or oh, actually they're in the field they came off the field um we turned the corner and there was a mazda like this guy in this mazda which was i don't know if you like cars like had like a spoiler on and things sounded horrific he decided to speed up to about 50 to squeeze us off so we had to like jump up on the verge that annoyed ben as well and then James was behind us. And it turns out Ben had sworn at this guy. Then James also swore at him. And the guy jumped out of his car and squared up to James <laughs> at the start of your marathon session. But <laughs> for once, I kept it chilled. Nobody will believe me, but it didn't faze me because I sort of just expected it. So I just carried on. Anyway, float. We, I said just float at four minute per K because I didn't want anything too quick. Then the 6K... I took the first K, and it says 3.24 here. I could not get my legs going. I just, I know it was cold. It was like 
one degree, but I just couldn't get them going. Then then we got to 319, 319, 23, 24, 21. So a little bit slower, that one, but still 322 average. Four minute per K for the next 2K float. And then we finished the 3K and we never ran into the wind. So we went 316, 316, 315. Um, that last K, Ben started to smash it. So I had to rein him in, just say, chill out. Um, but all in all, positive workout i felt pretty good after that and i i do think 322s is probably where i should go out at which is kind of 71 ish pace at half um and yeah i know you shouldn't base it off other people but i've looked at <laughs> of course i've looked at other people who've run similar times to 221 22 and they don't seem to do anything quicker in training and i i also have never i've never trained quicker than i've raced so i think that's a a fair benchmark um yeah same i didn't really do any cool down because i had to get home get the house ready for this madness that arrived we had my brother's twin girls who were both ill and my nephew, they stayed over. So craziness. Um, so Sunday morning, I woke up um, and managed to say that I'd go out for an hour, but I did an hour 20. 11 and a half miles. What's notable about this run? So I went out and back on my own. Foggy. Jenny... Jenny hasn't eaten meat for nearly two years. And since she's been pregnant, she's been back on it. Um, that's not a euphemism. It's just she's been eating meat. <laughs> and so she, congratulations. She messaged me about 20 minutes in saying, if I'm running past Waitrose, could I get her some bacon? I phoned her and said, first of all, it's 8.45 in the morning. Shops aren't open till 10, supermarkets. And I'm not running past Waitrose. But then I ran past the shop in Ketton, which appeared to be opening at nine. So I thought on the way back, this is about three miles from my house. I'll pick up some bacon. So I pop in the shop on the way back. So, yeah, I pop in the shop and Darren Ferguson son of Alex Ferguson, Peterborough managers in store. He, Jenny looked after his kids at nursery. So he, I think he sort of knows who he's seen. I seem to see him whenever I'm running. So he must just think I'm this weird guy who's just always about. He, wow. um, he let me in front of him in the queue to pay for this bacon. And then saw me walk out of the shop and then drove past me running back to Stamford while I'm holding bacon <laughs> running back towards Stanford. So I brought, I literally did bring home the bacon that day. Um, <laughs> so 11 and a half miles, 653s for, oh, I haven't got it here. Was that an 84 mile week, maybe? Something like that. 83.6. Yeah. So, Pretty much. I mean, I did think I was going to do 90, but I had a day off. So, yeah, there or thereabouts. 
got two big sessions in the week, four by four K, eight K, six K, three K, and bought three pairs of alpha flies. <laughs> alpha flies were down to one forty, so stock up. So I've got I've now got three box fresh alpha fly ones. I've got a box fresh Vaporfly three, a box fresh Vaporfly two, and a, another Vaporfly two that's done about thirty miles. I'm good for race shoes for a good while, but you're going to be retiring soon. So, yeah. <laughs> if anyone needs needs some Alpha Fly ones in, a, in an eight and a half UK eight and a half in a few years time, I'm your man. Anyway, um, that's our weeks Strava leaderboard. Josh, do you have? I'm on a- it. Of course, so. <laughs> so big week actually last week so leading the week um common common winner is jasper mcdowell 183 miles what's that That's... Josh? 10 times 18 mile runs <laughs> yeah whoever who, who was it who who messaged you on that that was obviously a joke um i i threw some numbers about it and i obviously haven't worked them out but there we go um Jake Barraclough in second place. He's on a light week, actually, 125. And Kieran Walker in third place, 112. Then for the the women, Sally O'Gorman, 101. She was actually meant to join me in uh, in Paris, but apparently wasn't fit enough after she's come back from a training camp at altitude. Um, Anya Culling in second, 93. And in third... We have scrolling uh Charlotte Reagan, I think, is 78.1. Just one interesting I've got two interesting things about these. So I'm 26, one behind Dan Hamilton, who's also then behind Chris Perry. Um Dan Hamilton's average for the week is six twenty ones, mine's six thirty ones. So we're basically the same. <laughs> basically. So you can never complain at me for running slow again. Um, <laughs> second of all, Brady Trailfall in ninth. He's, he's obviously not got his conversions right because he's run 99.8 miles. He needs to work out in Ks what 100 miles is, I think. Maybe give him a lesson. Um, but yeah, Nash is up there. We'll come to him later. It looks like a few people are tapering, Josh. Yeah. It's about it's that time. Um, right, let's go to some listener questions. Um, Shane, you can read the first one if you've got it open. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Evening, lads. Non-marathon related question. If we tried Alpha Fly or any other super shoe, in 10 years' time, do you think we will still enjoy them or think they're shit? I ask this because runners often fantasize about the Peg Turbo 2, but then try it on today and say it feels nowhere near as good as they remember. That's from Fraser Carr. Is that not because the Peg Turbo 2 is different? I think so. Um, but I think he has a point because I, I've i experienced this with Vaporfly 2 to Alphafly 1. It, Vaporfly 2 feel horrific to me now. They they hurt my calves because they almost feel like there's nothing in them compared to an Alphafly 1, which 
yeah i know what you mean when you go back to those days when you first put on a a vapor fly and you're like this is crazy um yeah i think people have got conditioned to them so um whether they'll think they're shit or not i don't know probably not i mean alpha fly three is it going to be radically different to alpha fly one what else can they do really yeah well, that's the question i i personally don't like the alpha fly two so i actually haven't worn an alpha fly one in a long time um i this was actually kind of sidetrack but i actually wore the adidas shoes on on sunday um and i thought they were good in training and they just felt a little bit slow on sunday um so i, I also think it depends how you feel and what you're doing and how fit you are to kind of caveat on that point but going back to um yeah going back to the question i think in 10 years time shoes will be probably radically different anyway so i would imagine going back to vaporflies yeah they will feel shit yeah I, th I think the only updates they're making now are to make shoes lighter and maybe last a little bit less like the Adidas shoe so so maybe I put whether the Adidas shoe feels more cushioned or or quicker is yet to be seen but I think that's do you it. know anybody that's got a pair no do you Sally O'Gorman has a pair we'll have to ask her um but yeah I thought it was an interesting question anyway um I, and I think I'm gonna answer and it's gonna be my shortest answer ever I, I think yes they will be shit there you go. Shane said it. Um, Josh, I've got the next question in for you. I've literally just typed it in. I saw you typing it. <laughs> um, so any tips for shaking Maranoia and pre-game nerves in the days running up? Well, that's Andy, Andy Cowdrill. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. From Andy Cowdrill. Yeah. Just take seven weeks off before it, mate. Yeah. No. I actually really struggle with uh, with this because two weeks out, I'm, I'm, I actually had a call with Rob and uh, he said to me, well, I basically was like, I feel like I'm ready to go like any time. And he was like, that's not what I want to hear. <laughs> basically, he was like, he basically said to me, just try and do anything to switch off and not think about it. Um, I the, do you know what? When I did my marathon in 2020 or 2021, I can't remember. I just played loads of Call of Duty and that took my mind off it. Yeah. Um, so find something that you that you enjoy doing, which makes you not think about the run. I struggle actually with the really easy weeks of running as well, because I kind of feel like I'm already, I've done the training and it can be like a four or five mile run and I put it off and I put it off. So just keep to your routine, go out when you normally go out. Uh, don't change anything like that and uh yeah i mean the training is the hard part in theory racing should be just getting it over the line um i've never executed that but <laughs> in theory that's what should happen i i i don't i suppose it could, it it could be looked at two ways because you you can relax and sort of just remember it's running and no one really cares 
but that can go too far sometimes because what you don't want to do like I had when I went and did Milton Keynes half is not really care um, about the result and I was sort of running it going I'm not that bothered whereas you kind of do need some I am bothered about this result and I do want to do do well but I think putting it in perspective and just as you say this is the fun part this is what you've trained all those weeks for but what what help is being anxious and being nervous what's it going to do to help you nothing it can only detract from your performance so just don't do it just relax i think i think as well like on the, the pre-game nerves thing um i did chat with one of my clients uh on friday about this and you know he, he gets anxious and nervous the morning of the race especially but he always performs well mm. so it he, he feels those, but he's also, I don't know if there's a level of nervousness with the nervousness in a sense that actually... He... It's a good balance, yeah. <laughs> Sorry? There, there must be somewhere where it's a good balance of, ner- like, a good level that gets you yeah. to perform without tipping you over the edge either way. So I think, like, with stuff like this, you you, all, you have to look at what, what you might be like as an individual anyway. If you're somebody who you think it's going to impact you, like what Josh says, distraction... But then a lot of a lot of marathons that most people are going to do, they're going to be quite big races. So you actually need to sort of, I I normally those clients who do get a bit bit paranoid, a bit nervous. I'm like, well, wait till those days to plan, you know, plan the morning within reason. You know, if you got booked trains early, got booked trains in hotels, but like if you've got to make your way to the start race or you got to you know what it's about like just do your research in those final days when you would normally be out running you're going to be normally out doing a a 90 minute run then and you know when it's taper you're either resting or doing a short run and spend the rest of the time occupying your mind with other things that are related to the event just not necessarily uh ruminating about it or thinking about what can go wrong yeah, I think preparation is obviously key. Um, the more you can get a thing planned out early on in that week, I'd say. I probably wouldn't leave it two days. I know Shane's very different to most of us. But the more you get planned out, so you're, not even, you're not worrying about those things and it's all sorted and all taken care for. But I always kind of ask people, what are they nervous about? What What's causing the nerves? And it's often kind of, well it's all self-inflicted obviously but um it's often a fear of letting other people down where you just got to realize you're never gonna let anybody else down um it's all that pressures you put on yourself and you know if i run 245 on a week on sunday josh is still gonna love me he's gonna laugh about the result for eliza me. won't um Nico might. My cat will. So it's all good. So all I think do. for me, just the last point to add to that, I, I'm i less bothered. I do only speak for myself, but I'm less bothered about letting other people down. I quite frankly can't care less what they think, but I'm more, if I set myself a target, it's more about failing to achieve my own target. And I put myself, like even at the weekend, I was pretty disappointed because I had an expectation for what I wanted to run. And yeah, that's why I get nervous is because I put 
pressure on myself. And I think a little bit of that's fine, but a marathon sometimes is a little bit overwhelming because you have built up for a long time. And ultimately, you've got one shot at it. So it's just balancing that. I think in sports studies, it's called over arousal. There you go. I remember that very well. Just spoken. A um, couple of quick fire ones. I just got one from running with Jasper, who's always on our leaderboard. I'll be in Malaga with you boys. Ran 223 at Berlin this year. Should I try and break 220? Uh, no. Run 222 and stick with me. And give me some company. And I'll put vodka in your drink. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if you run fast, you might get some drink support. Um, also, Hayley Crubbers said, are you already planning a DNF? Shane is. I am not. I'm, I'm a DNS. And the last one, Josh Evans. Are you going for Alpha Fly or Vaporfly? What is the best marathon shoe? Josh, what, what would you race marathon in? Right now. I still I still don't know this. I think if you said to me race a marathon tomorrow, I think I would wear the Vaporfly 2. 2? Interesting. Yeah. Not the 3? Uh, I thought about it the weekend. I think the 2. I, ju- I just prefer the snappiness of them. Okay. I think... The three is a good, I mean, it's not a bad shoe by any means, but I think that what I thought I liked about it, actually, I don't necessarily think I do. I think I like them because they were new, but I think I prefer, I think I prefer the two. Okay. I'm going Alpha Fly one. I probably would have liked to have tried Alpha Fly three, but it's not available yet. Um, I've never raced a marathon in Alpha Fly. My all my last three, well, my two quickest marathon times were in uh 4%, and then the next percent green one to so the first vape, but is that vape fly one? Um, so I think, yeah, fly that, one. the green one is the most elite shoe ever made. That's the only one I can I've run well in. I, I've worn the vape fly too for a few things since and it's just not and i don't know it's because i've worn alpha fly since this never felt as good to me um and i've just not felt like my my calf seemed to break down in them a bit a bit like so, so this is something i've i've kind of mentioned to you guys before is that because though your your calves have got used to wearing carbon shoes so much potentially um yeah probably because i did so going back to my week I, those three minutes i did on thursday i wore um the new balance rebels again so the non-carbon shoe and my cast were like yeah definitely working the day after so I, I, it's something that yeah maybe after the marathon to look at yeah shane what shoe would, would you have worn um, well, I just <laughs> I'd ordered the uh, Alpha Fly ones because I wanted to try them, and I was thinking about running in those. But um, to be honest, I, I, I have no idea. I, I it would have been the Vaporfly threes, to be honest. I think, but 
yeah, I didn't. I've not done this. The sat here in a fresh box. Which but, color, Shane? Yeah. Orange. Orange and pink. I think they're pink. Are they not? Yeah. Oh, that's they're alpha. not Vaporfly threes. They're alphas. Alphafly ones. You said alpha. Vaporfly three, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what alphas are. Yeah, the Vaporfly threes are the white and green ones. I'm welcome. What you. are you on about? So you're going to break... Right, I know almost every single colorway. You don't have to show me. There's not a white and green Vaporfly 3. It's, yeah, pink, it's pink and orange, isn't it? No. It's, it's active edge colors, mate. Did you get them custom made? No. It's like... I'm, green, I'm like... calling bullshit. Like, it is. It's, 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 it's white and lime, white and green. Yeah, all them in Peterborough. For the half. Yeah, he's right. It's got a purple soul. They look lovely. Yeah, they're, they're right, actually. Like, just for listeners out there, we have not clarified that at all because we've said three different shoes. So <laughs> I hope that helps you decide because it's probably thrown more spanners in the works. Um, uh, last question. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that shade of green, fine. That's not why I pictured in my head. Well, it's like a bluey green, turquoise. Yeah, I would say it's teal. It's actually a jungle jade. Jungle yeah, jade. Exactly. You said what? jungle jade, I don't know what you meant. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go to some news before we um, drag it on too long. First bit of news. I sent Shane this before we recorded. Have you seen on socials the cross-country finish in Spain from this weekend? I've not seen that. So I watch it now? Yeah, so... I think there's three runners coming into the finish. Um, and from memory, there's a guy in like full Nike kit who looks like he's got the best kick on him and he goes left and he gets blocked off. So I feel like he's been robbed there of the victory. Um, that, that I was the mile as well. That, that reminds me of uh, a Northern Track League Men's League Division Two East Central. Similar weather conditions. The for weather conditions windy always. Um, and uh, we did the four by four relay, and our anchor leg runner was doing that. He was kicking past someone, and the guy from Derby just edged him out and edged him out, and he then he beat him anyway and chucked his baton on the floor because he was mardy. It's lovely. So yeah, um, I think did he get DQ'd? Your Lincoln runner. No, it was the it was a Derby guy who was edging out our Lincoln runner. Oh, did the Derby runner get DQ'd? I don't think so because he got beat anyway in the end. Okay, I think this guy should have been DQ'd. I think yeah. he should. Let's go to some actual results. So, on Saturday was the Liverpool Cross Challenge, which played host to the European Cross Country uh, Trials, which are happening in Brussels in December, a few weeks' time, probably. Is that right? I imagine. Yes, week on Saturday. Oh, week on Saturday, so close. So, um, as I said earlier, Carl Lewis was at the event. And I've just read the Athletics Weekly article who gave a very glowing reference to Carl Lewis. I mean, I think he's eight-time Olympic champion, which is, yeah, fairly substantial. 
but they sort of phrased it that it it made it a more memorable event for these people running. I would, at a guess, say anybody under the age of 40 would not have known who he was. I didn't know who he was. I had to Google it. Yeah. So um, apparently he was over as part of a recruiting team for a university. Yeah, uh, Houston track. Me and, me and Shane were chatting just before you came on, Josh. I really hope British Athletics have not paid him any money to hand out those medals. If so, that is a complete waste of money. It would surely go against everything NCAA as well. Uh, yeah, and did he? I think he got convicted for drugs. I mean, it was the dirtiest race of all time, the 1988 100-metre in Seoul. So. It's Aaron with his bold statements again. <laughs> we will we'll say that, yeah, potentially he may have taken something. Potentially not. Anyway, um, did you see any action, Josh? Yeah, I watched them. Uh, watched them all at the hotel actually. So, um, well, actually, Shane, why don't you talk through the women's race? So in the women's race, um, Megan Keith basically uh, front run it, didn't she? Take the victory. She was uh, miles clear. Was she like forty seconds clear? Fifty. Yeah, she. She said, uh, "I saw something on Instagram." She said she just wanted to test herself. I mean, she loads up the lead. But it was, again, similar to Cardiff from the start, pretty much. Fair play. Um, and then in second was Lincoln's Abby Donnelly. And uh, it was actually the first senior across the line. And then Izzy Fry was third. Um, and Jess Judd was fourth. I didn't see any of this or any of the footage. So I Jess didn't see Warner, what other was Who did? Jess Warner Judd. Give Rob... Give Rob's surname some credit, please. Sorry, Rob. Did you there? Um, why don't you go to the men's then, Josh? Yeah. Um, so in the men's race, um, so there's a win for Hugo Milner. Um, he won by 24 seconds. And behind him, it was a very good finish. Did you guys watch the finish? Yeah. yeah. The video? yeah. Um, so Matt Stonia was second. Uh, he Basically, he was fourth coming in, probably like 10 metres away from the finish line. Um, and he just beat Jack Rowe. Um, and uh, who was fourth? Rory Leonard, wasn't it? Rory Leonard, that was it. Long, He was a long time in second place. Um, so he just beat both of those two over the line. Um, and then the other people making up the team, uh, Callum Johnson and Zach Mohammed. So... I, I don't know if you've got this later on, Aaron, but the team's been announced today. Um, so Jack's actually not been, um, or he's turned down selection. So uh, Alfie Manthorpe, uh, who finished in seventh of the seniors, got picked um, in there as well. Good insight. Good knowledge, Josh. Um, Thanks. I suppose Hugo Milner um, has been a name who's been around cross-country for a while. You know, he's a very good junior. He's moved to triathlon. And it certainly seems like it's working. Um, Did you hear what he said in an interview? No. He said, after I've started doing triathlon, every running race I've done seems easy. <laughs> so maybe we just need to start doing triathlon. Uh, I'm all right. Let's go to... The, so the women's team was announced at Presume that was 
as per results, was it? Yeah, I don't think anybody uh, that wasn't in the top 10, so that um, positions didn't get picked. The only one I thought might have been um, been different was David Malarkey from um, yeah. NCAAs, but was yeah, 40, he didn't. It was 40th, wasn't it, NCAAs? Yeah. Which... But as potential. It's hard to then... I think if you come in the, inside the top 2015 NCAAs, then you've got a a decent chance of being put in. Yeah. Um, 10K action. There was just one that I wanted to mention. Wilmslow. Um, Molly Williams took the win in 33-29. And Callum Davidson took the win in the men's in 29-59. Uh, eight runners inside 31 minutes. I think John Beattie was second in 30 two maybe um but yeah quite a week on the racing front which means next weekend you've got some big marathons so we've got fukuoka um where i think brett robinson's going for the aussie record sandre moen the norwegian is running and a few others um and then valencia so i suppose we had a quick look at the start list beforehand. So you got the big names in the men's of Bikili, fastest on the on the on PBs. Who do you reckon is going to take the win in Valencia? I I've not seen the start list to be honest. Check the guy. No, I don't think he will. Is it his debut? Yeah. Don't think. I think he'll run solid. I think he'll run like two four two five. Jake Smith. Oh, he's pacing. Yeah, yeah, but he's done up four one. Yeah, true. I yeah. Okay, if we've got to pick someone, I'll go Jake. Yeah. So, on the on half times, Kiprop's got the fifty eight forty two. He's the fast the halves in chapter guy. Carlos Mayo's on there. He ran fifty nine thirty nine, fairly recently. Um. But yeah, it's it's difficult because, I mean, you got Bikili's two at one forty one. He's going to get nowhere near that, I think, these days. Um, Gabriel, especially in his his fucking new shoes, are going to be shit. <laughs> Gabriel, that's good language to describe that, Josh. Um, Gabriel Gia, two o three. Never heard of him. He's pretty no, nah, he's pretty handy. Uh, what did he did he do? World champs. I don't know. Do you know what? I'm going to put my money on him. I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for the half guy who I just said. I'm going to go for Kiprop. (laughs) Is that because you're short? Yeah. Kiprop or... You can't pick more than one. David Walde, the Ethiopian. I've heard his name. I'm going to go for Sisse Lemma. There you go. Um, British men, we had a glance through this. We tried to like pull out anybody that we know is not running. So Johnny Mellor's the noticeable absentee. I suppose Emil Keres was also on that start line. He's no longer running. Uh, so was Callum Hawkins, who's no longer running. So fastest Brit on the start list is Phil Sessman, Andy Hayes, Dan Nash, Alex Milne, Ian Leach, Jolly Lockley. And then a surprise from a half um, from his halftime is Mohammed Mohammed. So, who's going to win the Battle of the Brits? Mohammed Mohammed. Yeah. Um, I think Phil. 
Phil doesn't run shit. He doesn't. It's tough. I'm I'm also going to back Mohammed Mohammed. It, it, what's his part time? One hundred one something, isn't it? One hundred one sixteen. Okay, but realistically, both of them will go for the Olympic time. Yeah, but based on, but uh, so it's basically who doesn't die. Well, Mohammed Mohammed, unless they run it. But Mohammed Mohammed has, you know, proven this autumn over ten. I know it's over ten miles that he's obviously got that pace. That was his brother. Zach won, did he? Yeah, I thought it was Mohammed Mohammed. Zach won great sound. Oh, well, there you go. I'm surprised then that I should probably read the notes a bit, bit more each week. Um, <laughs> Mohammed Mohammed did world half. Yeah, 61.33, and he did uh, big half at 61.16. Who did, what did Phil do it? Did Phil, what did Phil run? I, 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 I just think. I think in let if, if Mohammed, I think if they're going both going for the um, Olympic time, which is what Mohammed's got a better chance. Zero eight. Yeah, yeah. he's got a better chance of going through in sub sixty four, but just purely based on his half time. Whereas I, I don't know if it's you know Phil's not, Phil's not run a quick half. Phil's run sixty two minutes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but he ran sixty forty three at the big half. I know it was weeks ago. I suppose that the, the only thing with me with with Phil, like Phil's a phenomenal runner, but two away is is a jump. He ran two ten twenty three at London, and each time he's run those times, he's gone off a little bit quicker and slowed down a bit. So he's got to get another two minutes. It's it's an ask, but you might be right. You know, Mohammed Mohammed might go off too fast and completely blow. So be an interesting battle. Um, Chris Perry could pick up the pieces, couldn't he? Gonna go. I reckon Chris Perry is gonna negative split by five minutes. Do the clarity. Yeah. Um, on the women's side of things, let me go back to my start lists. So, Gemachu two sixteen fifty six leads. Um, start list. Ayana's there. Uh, Debarba's there. Ch- Churchy is there. Did Debarba not drop out of Chicago? Uh, probably, probably. Um, there's a sixty-five forty-six debut Malate of Ethiopia. She's a. Uh... Oh, no, I don't think someone else. I'm. I'm going to say, Ayana. Yeah, I would. I probably agree with you on that. Yeah, and I, I was also going to say her. Uh, I think her two seventeen twenty was Amsterdam, wasn't it? It's a debut. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's probably her. Yeah, I think she ran similar in London, to be fair, as well. From a British perspective, you've got some, Sonia Samuels, Lily Partridge, Naomi Mitchell, Anna Bracegirdle, Heather Townsend, and then Lauren Hayes and Kate Drew from their half times. Oh, Lily Partridge. Do you think? Yeah. Do you know what? I'll be interested to see. Yeah, I will say Lily. I'll be interested to see what Lauren 
um, runs as well for Davy. I mean, Sonia, Sonia's two twenty eight oh five is is from a few years back. She seems to have been training pretty well, um, mm. but I don't, I don't know. I I presume her aim is is the Olympic qualifier, which isn't going to be quick enough, is it? Because we've got no. Oh, you're not going to the Olympics unless you're on two three. Uh, two twenty three. Sorry, two twenty three is the th- third quickest at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So, is Lily gonna better that, or are we thinking? I mean, I probably would say Lily's probably looking maybe more two twenty six. Yeah. Um. There's there'll be some interesting battles, I think. Um. You know, both Spain and Australia have women there who could break the national record. So, yeah. And we were looking at these start lists before. The elite numbers, including paces for men and women, go up to 376. Good luck getting your bottle. That was my... They can't be giving bottles to everybody on this elite start list, surely. Because wasn't wasn't the cutoff for wasn't it two twelve two twelve now is it was this year yeah. so two twelve gets you in at seventy five men plus wow. plus the debuts and you think anybody below sixty three that's another probably eighty five eighty five bottles of just men's it's going to be going to be interesting watch i mean i'm really interested to watch it i mean i really i hope they've learned from the 10k that you did josh and it's not going to be a an absolute stampede because very well could be do you know what our race on sunday was very similar Mm. we were we were boxing way too tight yeah yeah it's when they're not white because your your start list wasn't very wide whereas i think at the the marathon the start list the start line is a bit wider but yeah but yeah we will see um anyway what are you up to next week josh other than getting back to running um i've got an exam next week so i'm going to be cramming revision in uh but that and that's pretty much it maddie's away on placement at the moment so yeah home alone i'm pretty bored got to cook my own dinner and no playing tag in the streets. No, we we finished tag last month actually. Too old for it now. Yeah. Um, Telford is in a couple of weeks. Yeah, a week on Sunday. So what's the start time of Telford? Half ten, something like that. Half ten, which will be half eleven in Spain. So you'll be able to check the results before you start. Get your phone line on start. So, yeah, okay, it's the same day, right? Fine. What time's our start time? No, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm I have, I've got to be honest, I haven't looked, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking Shane. I wasn't asking you. I think it's a nine o'clock start, isn't it? I think it's half eight or... I think it's half eight or half nine. Half eight. So half yeah. eight, that gives me two and a half hours before, 11, before your... I think it'd be close. Anyway, we'll see. 
you might be able to check. Um, Shane, what are you going to spend your taper doing if you're not tapering? Um, well, I think um, I'm probably going to say I'm going to do loads of work and not do it. I'm going to say I'm going to go to the gym and might sit in a sauna. Uh, so I'll probably just spend my time playing Clash of Clans, to be honest. But I have a lot of respect for. <laughs> I I got a message from the Malaga apartment asking for details about who was staying and just basically making sure we weren't a stag do, which reminded me of my own stag do where we we also said we weren't a stag do, and Shane went in horrendously drunk to the reception. Hang on a second. And needed Everyone to back. So <laughs> I'm, I don't want you turning up on Friday night to Malaga, half cut, giving giving the woman some lip. So best behaviour, please, Shane. I'm changed, man. I can't handle alcohol anymore. Anyway, let's call it a day and we'll speak again next week when we're about to, we'll be about to fly out to Malaga, Shane. Yeah, it'll be good. All right, see you in a bit, boys. Bye. Bye, guys.